Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi, welcome to episode 10 of the Next Dimension podcast, your podcast, which is all about VR and AR. And this actually is episode 10. So amazing. And today here with us in episode 10 is Steve, Steve, VR I flight sim guy. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thanks, Sebastian. I appreciate you having me on again. It's, uh, good <laughs> of to be course, here. man. Yeah, great. Great to have you here. And also here, Anthony from VR365. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Sebastian. How's it going? Yeah, you're pretty good. Also with me, <laughs> by the way, Sebastian Ang, a founder of MRTV. And, well, happy to be hosting this show, episode 10. I'm so happy that we're doing this show. And, well, that you, the people outside there, seem to enjoy it quite a bit. All right. For today's show, we have quite a lot of topics to talk about. Like, for example, we have Quest Quest 10. No, no, no. Quest 2. <laughs> we have quest topics. Wow. Like, Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, for example, there is now app sharing going on for the Quest 2. Also, we're going to talk about the $199 refurbished Quest 1 that people can now get in the United States. Wow, really amazing price. Then we're going to talk about new headsets like the JVC 120 degrees a VR headset, and also we're going to check out the Lynx R1, which is a mixed reality headset, and today we got the first through-the-lens footage of this device. Really, really exciting. Also, we're going to talk about the Chinese Quest 2 competitor, the Qiyu 3. Yeah, very, very... Three times. Yeah, I'm going to say that a couple of times today for you guys. So we're going to talk about it and we're going to think about is this something that could come out in the West perhaps? Well, we're going to talk about this in today's show. Also, we're going to talk about the digital humans made by Epic's Meta Human Creator. So this is going to be super exciting and yeah, we are up for a super interesting 10th episode of the Next Dimension podcast. Before we go into what we did in last week, in the last week, we will we will um, also talk about the today's poll. <laughs> so <laughs> today we have a poll again. In the last episode, we did not have a poll, but in today's episode, we do have a poll. So do let us know about your opinion. What do you think is the better deal? Is it the Quest 1 for $199 refurbished or is it a brand new Quest 2 for $299? Please do vote. The link is down in the description of this video. So do leave your vote there. Um, at the end of the show, we're going to find out what you think is worth more. The $199 Quest 1 refurbished or the $299 Quest 2. Yeah, for all of you who don't know this podcast, this podcast is broadcast live 
every Saturday at 9 p.m. Berlin time, 8 p.m. London, noon in San Francisco, and 3 p.m. in New York City. And it's also an audio podcast, so you can find us on all the podcast hosters. So iTunes, Google Alexa, Google Podcast, everywhere. And if you love this show, then do leave us a five-star review. That would be so important and so so nice of you. If you love the show and if you want more people to hear about it, simply open your podcast app on your iPhone or iPad and do leave us a review. That would be amazing. All right. Before... No, no. Now we go into it. <laughs> so we want to find out. <laughs> Anthony... How was your last week? What did you do? Yeah, so my last week is kind of interesting because you know what? I'm sure all of you guys have gone through this before at some point in your gaming life where you just don't want to play a game for some reason. And like it might last for a couple of weeks or a month. And it is a weird thing. And it's scary because anybody that is like a longtime video gamer. And then all of a sudden you fall out of video games. Like we know we have friends that were video gamers for 20 years and then they just stop playing one day and they never return. So like whenever you have one of these periods where you're just not into it and you don't want to play for a while, it's always like, Oh no, is that going to happen to me? Or is this just a temporary funk? But yeah, I've kind of been in a little bit of a funk. Like, <laughs> I look at my VR stuff and I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go on the internet and look up some stories or something or oh, read it no. or, you know. Does, does it mean VR is dead? It chills or? down my spine when you say that. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you yeah, guys I'm, never get that? Like, yeah, in yeah. the last couple oh, of yeah. years where you had, have you had like, um, what's the longest period of time you've gone where you didn't play a VR game in the last couple of years? Oh, man, in the last couple of years. I don't know. No, I haven't had a time like that for VR. But for gaming, I mean, I probably spent about a year without playing any games or any flying or anything uh, uh, before. You know, just generally tends to be, you know, certain lifestyle, uh, you know, sort of choices change. Or if you're busy, uh, occupied with whatever it is. For me, it was like uni and stuff. So obviously I was busy. In fact, actually, funny enough, when I did go to uni, uh, games did help actually in some ways, but uh, there was a period of time where, uh, yeah, I think it was about a year without playing any games or anything. And I kind of just thought, oh, yeah, I've got a computer. I kind of need to uh, <laughs> you know, fire it up again. And, and then I, I just went back into it just, just like that. So I think, uh, yeah. yeah, don't worry. I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll, uh, it'll never disappear. I don't think that, that, that enthusiasm in that passion. Right, right, right. Actually, and if it did, all it would take is like one ginormous game to come out, yeah. you know, and you'd be like, yeah, I got to get back. It's but yeah, no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I've had this. Ha this happened to me like like a year and a half ago or so. I had this like almost one month period where I was like, I was just I just wasn't into it, man. But I was I'd like still would do shows and stuff. But I was just kind of like faking my way through it. Uh, it happens. MRTV, Sebastian. Yeah, right. Is, you've never had like a um, period where you're like, God, I'm just sick of this for, I mean, well, <laughs> you know, go on vacation, right? Go to the Bahamas for two weeks. Oh, I would love to do, do that. that. I, I would really love to do that. And I must tell you, I'm missing, I'm missing traveling a lot. Like me and my wife, we are so into traveling and like her YouTube channel, she also has a YouTube channel. Actually, it is about traveling. So uh, right at, right now at the moment, it's just like so depressing just to be at home and doing nothing. And oh, it's, it sucks. So, but to get back to your question, 
in general, like since this whole VR thing happened and since I'm doing uh, this channel and my German channel, basically I'm always somehow in VR and trying out things. So just because that is now the thing that I do, right, on a, on a daily basis for my job, so therefore I, I, don't, I don't really have uh, longer periods of time where I'm not in VR. But I also had the same thing like, like Steve, where I stopped to play games for a while. For a while. That was uh, before VR, when I stopped with the video games. And that is when I, um, when I explored something totally new to me at that time. And that was like, like women. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, then I was more fascinated with, with women and with, with getting to know how the whole thing works yeah and i was i was more fascinated with that than video games and then and then i didn't do video games for yeah for a couple of years i would say then you got married and then for some yeah. reason you got back into video yeah games. yeah right, yeah, right. and and now, and now i'm back exactly now i'm back to games <laughs> right right yeah yeah so so that's that <laughs> yeah i have a feeling actually i think i can preempt my moment, like Anthony's, like I think mine's going to be soon. Whenever lockdown finishes, oh yeah, I don't, I can't, I can see myself just not even firing up my computer for about six months if I'm not careful, because I can just, I just imagine myself going on a big tour or something, or just oh, going, oh yes, and that, you know, but I don't think well, you have a quest though, you can take it with you. That's very <laughs> true. That's a very good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Of course, exactly. So yeah, yeah. so everything's good. <laughs> so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, <not> yeah. <laughs> right. I'll be doing this podcast from, say, the Bahamas, but with my Quest 2 on or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be so good. You know, actually, I was actually really thinking to do some little trip with my wife because we have, like, a caravan, you know? And with a caravan, actually, I could go through Europe and just sleep in the caravan, right? So, And then I could probably do the show from within the caravan. Yeah, yeah I have to think about it, really. I, I, I can't stand this anymore to just stay in, in, the, <laughs> in the flat. Oh, damn, it sucks. <laughs> you know, one time um, I I would take my PlayStation VR. Like we would go to this like cabin or this these different places where um, it's kind of often in Nowheresville, and it's like by the ocean, really nice and everything. But there's like nothing to do anywhere around there. And I I literally took my PlayStation Four Pro and my PlayStation VR because you know what's kind of amazing about it is. If I take my PlayStation 4 Pro and my PlayStation VR, no TV or anything, it was just wired directly to the PlayStation VR, I'm having the exact same experience as I would if I was at home in my, you know, if I had like a gigantic mansion or something. It, it's an identical <laughs> experience, you know what I mean? And, and it's the same thing with the Quest, of course. Any type of... So you're you're not losing anything. You could be in any other house, any other room, as long as you have a whatever space that you need and you have good headphones, you're not downgrading anything. Because in the past, when you were a video gamer and you would go on a trip somewhere, it was a huge ass downgrade because you would be in the hotel room and it'd have a crappy TV or a really small TV. And at your house, you might have a really big TV and it's like, oh man, you're slumming it. But when you're on the road with VR, with these standalone headsets or maybe a PlayStation VR, you're not downgrading at all. It's pretty amazing. You're right. Actually, that is so beautiful for the future. You don't even need a big mansion 
right? You could have yeah. like you could just live in like a very um, small a flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hut, and then you have that beautiful thing, and then you live in your virtual house, and then probably you have that you have that perfect omnidirectional treadmill. And then it even yeah. feels like you're walking around in your huge mansion, right? And then, in fact, you're just in like a little cell. Yeah, totally. It could <laughs> totally work. And then, and yeah. then, just think about the possibilities. And probably uh, you have these these cool AR headsets, and we we talked about this as well. And then, probably you can totally augment your partner. Probably. Your your wife, she's she's like a. You talk uh, about that a lot. So <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. No, no, my wife, she's well, she's beautiful. She's fantastic. I'm just thinking like about the possibilities. Probably, probably your yeah. wife or or your husband. Let's, say, let's talk about husband. I don't want to be like sexistic or what. Your husband is like super fat, you know. And then oh, you man. you put on those those glasses. <laughs> And then whenever you see your but husband, you're going like, to need Neuralink because <laughs> yeah, it, you're yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Population. You need Neuralink. You need Neuralink, right? But then, yeah, yeah, you see that that, that perfect like muscular man, and wow, and everything is going to be great again. This definitely needs to be a separate topic, I think. For <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely a good topic. <laughs> Anyways, it takes body tracking to a whole new level, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Anyways, we're still in Anthony's week. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, not much. Um, I did play a tiny bit of uh, The Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets. I've never, I've, you know, that game has been out for years, and I, I always wanted to try it, and I never tried it. I finally tried it last night, and I don't know. I was mildly unimpressed with it. Um, it just seemed like I'm just turning around this, like, world. That's imp I, I do like that. I like the diorama-style games. It reminded me a little bit of Ghost Giant in that way. And it has this world right in front of you, and you, like, grab it, and you're pulling it around and looking at things and grabbing things. But it's like you're finding these little hidden pets, and it's, like, really, like it's really casual. It's, like, super casual and I don't know what the price was when it originally came out, but I hope it was pretty cheap because it just seems real simple to me. Right, right. Uh, but it was cool. It was cool to check that out. Great. And that, that was your week? Or is there anything more Pretty much, it? yeah. That's pretty much it. Okay. Who's next? Me or Steve? Um, let's go with Steve. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> cool. Um I guess I, what have I been doing this week? I've been doing a lot of VR this week, actually, because I've, I've had a week off work. It's half term. So, and it's lockdown, as we all know. So what, what else is there to do but play VR? So um, I feel like I mention this every week, so I do apologize. But I've actually <laughs> finished Saints and Sinners now on the Quest 2. So I'm very ah. pleased about that. Uh, I tried the trial. Tried the trial. And it was a, a, new, a new mode in Saints and Sinners, which I think the PC's had for a while. And, it's brilliant. It's actually really good fun. Uh, I'm yeah, just just killing zombies with all sorts of like spoons and bats and smashing them over the head. It sounds very violent. It is violent, but it's it's wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's really good fun. So I've been and actually I just want to uh, bring up a bit of a, a controversial thing here with the Quest Two. Um, we all know the optics and the screen is great, but I think actually has it got Mura? or some something going on there. And the only reason why I ask that is because I, I've been using it quite a lot in flight simming at the moment. And that's the kind of environment where you would see like a white background, you know, when you're looking at the sky. And that's when you really can test out the headsets, you know, kind of optics and the display itself. And I can see lines in mine, uh, quite a few lines, and I'm, unless it's my unit. And 
I always thought that the Reverb G2 and the G1s were quite bad for that, but actually the, the Quest G1, 2 yeah. isn't. It's not that far off, uh, it, you know. And I, I comparing it to the Rift S, the Rift S actually, there's just no mirror there, nothing at all. It's really clear. So whatever they've done with that panel, it's a wonderful panel. Get, don't get me wrong, it's brilliant. I prefer it. But if you, you, if you really want to be picky with it, you can see that little, whether it is mirror or something, uh, some distortion or some, so maybe even the rings, the lenses or something I can see there. But uh, just thought I'd mention it anyway, if anyone else has noticed it in the comments. I haven't um, seen it. I haven't seen it in the in the quest. But what I see in the quest quite quite strongly actually is like god rays. So in my opinion, oh, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, the the quest two, um, the lenses, they do have quite a, a, a god ray problem. And I did read that it depends on on which manufacturer your lenses come from. There seems to be two manufacturers of lenses for the Quest 2. And if you're lucky, then you have better lenses. But if you're not so lucky, yeah, then you are in my shoes. And I do have problems with gut rays in the Quest 2. It's interesting you say that, Seb, because my friend uh, bought a Quest 2 and he really wasn't very happy with it. He, he noticed there was some chromatic aberration and some yeah, okay. and, and, and quite blurriness. And I was like, it's fine. What's your IPD? What's and his IPD, like, though? Um, I still don't know what his IPD is. Oh. Didn't tell me, but, I, but he actually sent it back. He was that adamant and bought another one, uh, and he really loves it now. So there obviously is the some same sort thing. of yeah, which is the exact same quest. Um, although actually, sorry, he he went for 256 gigabyte one, and then he went then that was the one he had a problem with. Got rid of that. Got a 64 gig, which obviously they're exactly the same apart from the memory. But then he was happy with it. But it, apparently the number on it was uh, it was a newer batch. And I don't know if there's anything in this or oh, not. But I just found that yeah. really interesting. It's funny how that... Yeah. I, I always think it's placebo effect. I think because, so. I, I do, actually. Yeah, I used to be a member of this forum called ABS Forums. And it was like audio video science forums. And it was all... like it, Like if you ever wanted to buy a TV that was the freaking forum that you went to. Like if you were going to buy like a really expensive TV and you were going to spend like $2,000, $3,000 or whatever on this, on a super nice TV and you really wanted to research it, you would go there because those people would know everything about everything. But the thing that sucked about that place is the guy is, is somebody on there would be like, Hey, have you ever noticed that if you put on a white background and you look in this left corner, there's a red <laughs> no. line and it's like, you would have never, ever saw it ever before. <laughs> yeah. But, but now, now you see it see every it, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so true. Time. Yeah. I someone totally understand asked, that. Someone said in the comments uh, before I forget, uh, it, could it be the cable compression? That's a very good point. But I did think of that, and I tried it standalone, and it's still there. It's still there. So everybody, could you please just like get your Quest twos and just look at a uh, a sky or something, some sort of like plain background, and let me know because you will ruin that. You will ruin the headset for them. Now they're not. They will actually. not be. They will not be able to unsee it. <laughs> Honestly, because I was, you know, the Reverb G2's Mura problem is nowhere near as bad as the G1, as you know, Seb. Right, it, was right. quite, it was quite bad. It's it's really good now, and I always thought, yeah, you know, the Quest is it's just it's just it's not there at all. But then when I did notice it the other day and thought, okay, I'm going to see it and look at it in a few different scenarios, it's there, and now I can see it now, and it's kind of annoying, but never mind. <laughs> right. You know, the real question, honestly, with all this, all these little minor complaints that we have, is what problem do you notice 10 minutes later? Because what I find is when you start playing a game, you get into a game and you're just enjoying a game, like a lot of the like screen door effect and all that stuff, it all kind of just flies away in the wind, right? At yeah. a certain point. But I'm wondering, is there 
an anomaly where it's like even 20 minutes later, for me, it was glare on the valve index. And it was like in a game like Saints and Sinners that has these like overcast backgrounds all the time. I would even 20 minutes later, I'd be like, oh, damn, here's this glare again showing its face. But other than that, I can't think, I mean, like, you know, God rays and stuff, but um, is there anything yeah, else? Right. That- For me, yeah. God rays is a big deal. And because uh, that's something you just notice all the time and it'll just come at you and be like, oh, hang on a minute. No, I don't like that. And depending on the scene, something like Muir is not an issue really at all. You're never going to notice yeah. it unless you, you forget me. about it. <laughs> when it's all, yeah. all black background and you see like, what is this weird cloudy thing on this all black, black background? But then once the video comes in, it disappears. You, oh, you totally. Lose it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like like one thing that I couldn't stand over a longer time is like distortions. So for example, for the Pimax headsets, if you have it on on the large FOV, on the largest FOV, you do quite see lots of distortions in your outer peripheral vision. And that is just something that is not right. So for me, if you are in VR, for me the optics must be right. If it's distorted, that's something that I cannot stand for a longer period of time. The good thing is you can always put the uh, FOV to the normal setting and then I'm fine, right? And then everything is okay. But uh, just to answer your question, Anthony, I think if the optics, if there's something wrong, then that's something I can't stand. I really need to try a Pimax headset one day. I'm really looking forward to that day. It'll be yeah. interesting, yeah, especially with that wider field of view. It's cool. But yeah, It's definitely yeah. cool. You, you will see it hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soon. I mean, as part of my other week, uh, I'll just make this really quick because we've been on obviously talking for half an hour already. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's uh, so much fun to talk yeah. with you guys. <laughs> that is great. Um, but I've obviously been uh, flying a lot, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Of course, I've been flying, especially at the moment. There's a, a brand new world update that's just been released, the UK. So uh, I'm basically just flying over points of interest close to home as well as sort of, you know, Scotland. And it's just, they've done a fantastic job of you know recreating some of these points of interest um london is now photogrammic so it's, it's basically wow. 3d scan and it, it's a little bit sort of some people on the forums aren't very happy with it but you know i think um, i think it'll improve over time the data isn't the best but it is still stunning i mean if you're flying over the london eye and it's like a sunset and you can see the london eye like turning and you're like this in your little plane and you can see the reflections off the thames Honestly, it's so cool. It's amazing. And wow. uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that this week and posting probably a video every day almost because it's been so good and, you know, had the time to do it. So, yeah, yeah I did also really cool. I also looked a bit in your stream on on YouTube and you wrote something like you were unhappy about people who complain about having to pay for extras. Yeah. Right. Can you go no, into this? Well, <laughs> yeah, they are, honestly, you haven't got enough time to go into this. One. <laughs> I mean, okay, just shortly, just shortly. It's very short, right? Basically, as flight simmers, I'm quite an old guy, so I know where we've come from. I've, I've been pl- flight simming since they were just basically rectangles on the screen, you know. And flight simming, generally speaking, is a, it's a hobby. It's not really, it's more than just being a gamer. It's a hobby. And ho- all hobbies are expensive, especially, you know, you could, you could spend £100 on an aircraft. You could spend £50 on a scenery pack. And uh, in previous flight simming, well, like X-Plane, for instance, you would just like buy a region, say like the south of England, it would be £35 on its own. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator is basically providing a streaming service of ortho imagery completely for, well, I say obviously you have to buy it, (laughs) but in terms of there's no subscription um, and the, you know, the scenery is updated constantly. 
In fact, I noticed just today I flew over a roundabout that wasn't there before. <laughs> and, and recently we've had one near where I live and it's there in the scenery. I didn't have to buy any extra scenery, which is incredible. And of course, the whole world is is there for you to travel. You know, if you can't travel in real life right now, you can do it in the flight sim. And it's absolutely amazing. And you can do all that just for the one price, £60, which is probably even cheaper now on sale somewhere. Um, and they're providing all these updates for free. I find that incredible. And some people are not happy with it and they're, they're expecting better quality. And I just think, I, I'm, I'm, I think most, most people who are complaining are probably new to the genre. They, they don't realize where we've come from. Okay. And that's really the quickest way I can say it. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's perfect. You, know. you perfectly yeah. told us. So the game yeah, is yeah. getting better and better, basically, for it's, just uh, oh, paying yes. it once. And uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really great. You get all of this streaming service, you know, weather, the real life traffic. Yeah, that's amazing. See if your friends, see if your friends went on holiday in an airliner, you could follow them, uh, their actual airliner, flying next to them if you wanted to, because the data is that real time. So it's very cool, and it's you know very cheap. It's the cheapest piece of software you'll ever buy. <laughs> quite honestly, well, it, you know, for the for the, I'll I'll put a thousand hours into this probably in the next couple of years. So no problem. Yeah, nice, nice. By the way, this um, podcast is not sponsored by Microsoft in any way. Not so. yet. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately not, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, that's All basically right. my week. Anyway, okay. Seb, what okay. have you been up to? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> let, let me uh, just do it very short because we did already talk for quite a while in this today's podcast show. So I did play a new game. And actually, it was my first App Lab game on the Quest 2. And I even live streamed it to my German channel. And I had a great time and the game that i'm talking about is ancient dungeon ancient dungeon on the quest 2 i had such an amazing time with that incredible so what is it it's a dungeon crawler in vr obviously and it has this kind of minecraft charm i could say it like this so everything looks like minecraft basically and then you're going through those dungeons and there there are like enemies and uh some 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 exciting stuff is happening that I didn't um, think would happen. Sometimes a bit spooky, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's like really cool. It is really cool. So for anybody out there who's using a Quest or a Quest Two and has not checked out Ancient Dragon, uh, Ancient Dungeon yet, do so now. It's absolutely worth it. It's free right now. It's the better. It's not the whole game, but it's a great atmosphere. Have you tried this? That sounds cool. I've tried the uh, PC VR okay. version. There's okay. a demo right, yeah, for right. the. On, I think it's on itch.io. It's right, like exactly. a beta version of it. And the and on itch.io you could get the side quest version for Quest, and then now it's also App Lab. But yeah, it it has that Minecraftian look to it. And you you know you're going through the dungeons and the lighting, and you're battling little bad guys. And yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sweet. I kind of wonder why it wouldn't just be on the real store, but. I guess it's not it's that not finished um, yet. I don't know if it hasn't been completely finished. It's just the beta. So And guess where the developer from that game comes from? Germany, the great Germany, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's coming from Germany. Eric and I'm I'm in touch with Eric, with the creator of this game. And I've asked him if he would like to join the podcast as a guest sometime in the future. And he said, Yes, so it's going to happen. Eric, the developer of Ancient Dungeon, is going to be on the show sometime in the future. Very much looking forward to that. And then we can ask him all the questions that we always wanted to ask somebody who's making a quest game. That is 
Something that I'm absolutely looking forward to is going to happen here on the Next Dimension podcast. Yeah, other than that, I did another show um, about the Quest 2 competitor from China, the Qi 3. And we're going to talk about that later. A very interesting device, right? And um, let's see what this can do. It has the Reverb G2 displays in it. <laughs> so that wow. might be a very, very cool headset. Let's see. And we're going to talk about this later. So, so that was a show that I did on the channel. And yesterday, I uploaded a video. It's probably the least watched video that I ever did on my channel. <laughs> and I think it's so cool. You know, it's like a tutorial. <laughs> I teach people how you can live stream from the Quest to <sighs> YouTube and to Twitch, you know, because that's something that the Quest cannot do, right? But it seems like nobody really cares about these kind of things. So if you have not watched it yet, please <laughs> click it, I've watch actually, it yeah, to make me, make me feel a bit better about that. I was working the whole day on that, you know? I've saved that one, Seb, actually. <laughs> okay, and great. I did great. wonder, you know, you, you can record directly from the Quest 2, but you, I, I can't get my microphone to work, so I don't know what I'm doing ah, Okay, there. okay. Yeah, yeah of uh, course, you can, you can record it and then later upload it to YouTube, but... I think this this live streaming is is great. Yeah, I love to, I love to live stream. Really, I really enjoy that the connection that you can have with with uh, yeah with the audience. And you know, I really think that Facebook is missing out big time by not allowing people to easily stream to YouTube, right? Because so many people would do it, and then so many more people would get to know about the quest and how fun it is and how fun VR is. So, uh, yeah, yeah, right? Totally agree. Yeah, definitely. I, I would do it all the time if it was an easy way of doing it. I really would. Yeah, yeah. But now there's my tutorial, so you can easily, yeah, yeah. Find, <laughs> you can easily find out how to do it. Yeah, yeah right. Sense. Yeah. So that's what I did. My least viewed video probably, but I still like it. I still think it's a great video. <laughs> I don't care. I always find the ones you spend the most time on are the least views. I always, I always find right. that. You know, yeah, the yeah, ones absolutely. you really are passionate, you take like forever, a week to do it. That's it, you know. <laughs> it is so funny. Like yesterday I came back home and I told my wife, hey, my, my video, it's, it's online since like one hour and 99 people have watched it. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, that's, don't worry. That's my world. That's yeah, my yeah, yeah. World. That's pretty good for that. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> 99. And then she said, don't worry. Don't worry, my darling. And then she watched it and then she said like, okay, 100 viewers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, sweet. <laughs> so sweet absolutely yeah great great so yeah that was basically my week and um now i'm looking forward to talk with you about the topics the interesting topics of last week so let's start with this topic here and let's have a look at the at the upload vr article so Oculus Quest 2 gets multi-user support and local app sharing. So what's happening right now is the following now. If you have a Quest 2, only Quest 2 right now, and if you have a family or somebody there that you would like to share your games with and your headset, you can more easily do that now. So up to three other people can sign up with their Facebook account, unfortunately. And um, yeah, they can use your quest as if it was their own. Like, um, for example, they can have their own um, Beat Saber high scores. So you can, um, you can play the, the games of the, the principal owner of that quest. And that's called app sharing. And yeah, that is pretty cool, right? What do you, what do you guys think about this? 
It's so complicated. I don't understand it. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, well, no. I'm just, it's just basically there's you know there's so many sort of clauses to it, and if you know you're. Okay. You're, you're, it's, it's not just simple like you can just share your your games you have to be the primary account holder and there's another i, I mean you, you might be able to understand it better anthony but i just i yeah it, it, they made it really really confusing i think yeah i read the story on it and i'm like i need somebody to I, like where's the explain like i'm five version you know because <laughs> like it really is so We've had this situation in the video game world for a while now where if somebody has an Xbox or if somebody has a PlayStation, there's always been this ability where you have usually you have a primary account holder for that particular Xbox that you bought or for that particular PlayStation. You have the primary account holder and then you have secondary account holders. And so what somebody could do, like if you had two brothers and they wanted to be able to play all the same games but only buy them once, is one guy is a primary on one console and secondary on the other and vice versa, and then they get to share their entire library. And I don't think you could actually... The way this is set up, I don't think you could actually do this with two separate Quest 2s. So the thing that... What they're doing here is each individual Quest, because it is like this all-in-one thing that for, you know, it's meant for one person. You you don't put an Xbox on your head, you know what I mean? Like an Xbox <laughs> is hooked up to your TV and multiple people are expected to be using your Xbox because it's sick. But the Quest is on one person's head. So they can kind of... you they can kind of basically like silo it in a way. So you have this admin account that is on the primary thing and you can enable app sharing and then somebody could have a secondary account. And I think there could be up to three of them, which is that's actually pretty decent. So up to three different um, secondary accounts can be on there. So if you've got a family of four, um, everybody, the, the best thing about this is now you don't have to like flash your quest to like switch accounts. Although, what is the golden catch, of course? You got to have, these got to be Facebook linked accounts. So if you have a pre, like I still have one account that's pre-Facebook linked. It's living on my Quest 1 and it's stuck there. It can't go anywhere else because if it ever wants to go anywhere else, I have to invent a new Facebook account person to take over it because I only have the one Facebook account. And um, so... That's the thing, though, is like if you want to use these features of sharing your apps, they've you all have to have Facebook link accounts. It's only on Quest 2 right now. Eventually, they hope to get it on Quest 1. They talk about it coming to Quest 1 later, and I'm wondering how much later they're talking. Are they talking about when there's the great migration that has to happen later on when everybody's account has to eventually, you know, we get up until a certain point of time, right? Does anybody remember how long it is that uh, the non-Facebook accounts still get 2023, 2023, it's over. Oh, that's a long time. So I don't think they're going to wait that long. They're not going to wait that long. Right, right. But I believe that few that the percentage of Quest One owners will be so small in the future. It doesn't actually even matter anymore, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. True, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it's but, yeah. so cheap anyways now. Anyways, so yeah, people can now share their quest with others and um, the, the principal owner of that headset, he must activate app share, but it seems like not all the games 
um, are compatible with that. So the developers have to activate that as well. And just all games that are coming out now, they will for sure have this functionality. But F Facebook says they believe that very soon the developers will activate that feature in their games as well, even though the games are on the store right now. So I believe so too. Why wouldn't they do it, right? So that makes sense. And then one important thing to understand, like let's say now you're sharing your Quest 2 with your three family members, and then one family member, they want their own quest and they're getting their own quest too. It does not mean that now they still have all your games on their new quest. No, only on your, on that one headset that you shared before, you can share your games, but on that new quest that, I don't know, your, your partner now has, no, not, she or he will not be able to play your games. That's very important to understand. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a big right? difference. That's yeah, a big you're right. difference right there. Exactly. All right, but other than that, definitely it's a great feature in my opinion. It's, it's so much better that you can simply share your Quest headset with somebody else and you can have your own high scores and stuff. Makes lots of sense. It's you definitely heading the right way. Sorry, yeah, I was just saying it. It definitely is heading the right direction, but I, don't, I just don't think they've done it very well. <laughs> it needs to be a bit clearer for me personally. And I just think uh, they're still trying to do this controlling thing that they're so good at doing. But I don't know. I think it's it's it, it's not good enough. I mean, it's it's step in the right direction. But I hope they they'll make it a little bit more easier to understand and, and make it so that we are able to share. You know, if, for me, it's it's kind of a new experience because it is a console, isn't it? Quest Two, and I've never owned a console before. And I find the whole idea of of sharing that kind of cool anyway, because you never do that with PC anyway. But I just feel that you know this is good. But we we want we want another update. To make this simpler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's know. see. I've I've actually not even tried it yet. So let's just try it out first. But it's good that they have something like this now going on. Well, one thing I was thinking of is like, remember when we had the whole Facebook account thing where it you know everybody rioted over all of that. What if instead of like forcing everybody to do that? They just kept coming out with all these little extra bonuses that would only work if you linked your account, like this type of stuff and other like special things within games where it's like, hey, did you know that you can blah, blah, blah in this game? Oh, but you got to have a linked Facebook account. But they're not requiring you to have a linked Facebook account. But if you do, you get to enjoy all these other little things. I think they could have done a lot more of that. And it would have just ended up in a situation where like 80% of owners would end up ultimately linking their Facebook account because they'd be missing could out be. on too many little bonuses. Could you be. know, and they could have dodged yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, backlash. Totally agreed. In general, you know my opinion about this. I think they've done it like in a terrible way, like forcing us, right? It would be much better if they just make an amazing system or amazing horizon that... We just want to link our accounts. They would have been much better, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big problem in my opinion. Yeah, we need competition. We need competition so that uh, Facebook will get to these better solutions, right? So we need competition. We're going to talk about this later in this show. But now let's go to the next topic here, and let me share my screen here. It's also a quest topic, and uh, well, now in the United States, if you're ha if you're lucky enough to be in the States, you can now get a refurbished original Oculus Quest for only $199. Wow, that is a great price. And according to the Oculus website, 
the refurbished headsets, there are no visible cosmetic imperfections. All previous accounts and data have been wiped. No scratches on the display. No dents or any part of the equipment. All branded markings, letters, and logos are in intact. Um, yeah, and all refurbished headsets are backed by a 30-day returns policy and a six-month warranty. Wow. So basically for $199, you are getting like a new Oculus Quest. Fantastic. What, what do you guys think? Isn't it pretty amazing? Uh, I mean... I don't want to sound so $199. I mean, how yeah. much is that in pounds? I mean, it's not, not, it's about, it's not too far off, is it? I don't know. 170 uh, it, pounds, I think. It seems, yeah, it seems good. It's almost, you know, you're getting a, you know, a pretty much a, you know, Quest 2 for half the price with a, with a, at least a six months warranty. So I guess if you, if you do want to upgrade and, you know, you're struggling to find the cash, you could actually sell your Quest 1 and with the money buy a Quest 2 and, and probably break even. So yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah, I, I can, I can see the, the appeal of that. What do you think, Anthony? You have had both devices, right? You have had yeah, the Quest and I one? have both. Yeah, I have okay. both right now, Perfect. still. And and I go back and forth. Um, and you know what? I'll tell you what, man. There's sometimes I because I have Jurassic uh, Jurassic World Aftermath is on my Quest One. See, I have these two different Quest accounts. It's a long, drawn out story, but basically, <laughs> yeah, I have one account that is trapped on my old Quest One, which is fine. It's living there and it's it's surviving. <laughs> and then I have my Quest Two with a different account. And Jurassic World Aftermath happens to be on my Quest One. And so when I was playing that, I kept grabbing my Quest One. And I was using a lot of my Quest One after using my Quest Two for such a long time. And I and when I put on my Quest One and I hit that power button and it first turns on, there's this really black background. Exactly. And a man, white exactly. Oculus logo. And that black background is clean and crisp and sharp. And then when I switch to my quest 2 it's like oh this is an amazing gray background <laughs> and with a really vibrant uh white logo that's you know got god rays as well no but it, there's some differences between the quest 1 and the quest 2 and the quest 2 is not all sunshine and rainbows there's actually a couple of slight advantages on quest 1 especially people like me with a ginormous ipd on quest 1 perfect you know no blurriness at all I, I just think people threw the baby out with the bathwater when it came to the quest one quest two got announced everybody heard xr2 immediate panic sell let's all get rid of our quest ones for pennies on the dollar let's just give them away and i'm telling you those are still great headsets out there and you could probably even do better than 200 plus tax though that's the other thing about this. Go to Facebook Marketplace, go to Craigslist, go to eBay. You might be able to get it for like a 150, no tax. Save yourself a good 80, well, 70 bucks or whatever, depending on how much your taxes are. Um, but yeah, I still think it's a fantastic headset. Quest One, it's not dead. And people say, well, get the XR2 because you're going to be left behind. But we've noticed that. I mean, are they really pushing people out yet? Not at all. It's taken yeah. a while. Not yeah. at all. Exactly. So I also would like to tell you about my opinion about the Quest One. I think the Quest One is friggin' amazing, and in many aspects or respects, or however you say that in English, it is better than the <laughs> Quest Two. So the thing is, it has this OLED display, just like Anthony has said already, right? It has perfect blacks, perfect blacks. 
and it has much better vibrant colors. There is no discussing it. In AB comparisons, the Quest 1 wins in terms of colors, and if you like dark games, if you, if you like horror games or anything that is a bit darker than your normal game, like Saints and Sinners, man, Steve, you would have enjoyed it more on the Quest 1. Believe me, that's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, huge. You're right. It's yes, huge. Right. And also for in terms, of, um, in terms of IPD, just like Anthony also has said already, way better on the Quest 2. You only have these three uh, positions, right, that you have to choose. But on the Quest 1, you can totally freely adjust your IPD, it's it's way better. It's it's just better than the Quest 2, right? So so th these are already two big things, two big points to 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 think about if you make the decision between the Quest 1 and Quest 2. Then for the processor, for the XR2, of course, way better in the Quest 2, but it is not being used. It is not being used at all until right now. Everything that I can play on the Quest 2, I can play on the Quest 1 as well, but with better colors. So, yeah, really, really, it's you have to really think about it. It's and no Facebook so login as yeah. well. Oh, man, I just well, want to bring this well, as, the big, as the big thing. There's a catch to that, though. I know okay. you haven't mentioned that before, so I thought I'd just... <laughs> yeah, 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 you, you get it there, you get it. I, I just wanted you to have say... To have, you have to have a pre-existing right. Oculus account yeah, already. True. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so that was like... That, that should have been my climax. <laughs> I want to say, like, and, and you know what? And you know what? The Quest 1, it does not require you to log in with your Facebook account. Boom! There you have it. All right? But, but you're right. You're right. You, you cannot make a new Oculus account. So you already have to have an Oculus account. But then if you do have an Oculus account, then absolutely you can, you can log in with it and you're not being forced to use your Facebook account, which I think is pretty amazing. So I think the Quest 1 is great. It's really nice. It's super, super fantastic headset. And it can easily stand against the Quest 2. So without some people a, yeah. like the Quest One controllers better too. Exactly. I, I yeah. don't necessarily, but some people that, do. On top of that, some people yeah. like the Quest One controllers better, right? So there's quite lots of things. Magnetic uh, battery compartment thing, don't they? Which some people say uh, it falls off on, during intense gameplay. Yeah, so is, they did yeah. change that. Yeah. But I actually quite like the magnetic. It feels like good quality. You know, when you kind of snick it in and it kind of just, you know, does itself. Right. I, I like right. that. It's, yeah, snaps in place. Uh, just those little things I quite like, and, and shows quality as well. Um, I really miss the CV1 controllers. I did; they were awesome. Yeah, I really they are. The oh, best. they, uh, they are exactly. Brilliant. Everybody, everyone likes them the best. Yeah. So, um, if you are thinking about getting that uh, Quest One for one hundred ninety nine dollars, I, I would say yes. Really, absolutely. It's it's a great headset. For sure, the Quest 2 is also nice. I love it for the Quest 2 that you can add those better head straps, the elite head strap and stuff, but then you have to pay more money again, right? And uh, without a doubt, there's less screen door effect with the Quest 2, and I do like the Quest 2 for sure. Yeah, I want to let you guys know, I do like the Quest 2 a lot. But I just think these OLED screens on the Quest 1 are amazing. And uh, yeah, for $199, that gets us pretty close to that impulse buy area, right? $199, it's not like you have to think about it too long. As in like, okay, like for the index, okay, $1,000, it's not an impulse buy. But $199 for such a great VR headset with all the games that you can play, I think it's pretty amazing. For I know at least three friends that would probably go for that, actually. 
So I need to tell them about this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah the yeah. Go. The yeah. Go used to be 199 and it was three DOF and didn't have legit controllers. And now you're getting... So yeah, it, the, the problem is how long are these going to last? How many of them do they have? It could be a very limited time. Could be. So that's why, in my opinion, if you are in the States and if you're like uh, thinking about it, get it. If you're thinking about it, getting getting it for for your partner or what, just to play some games in, in multiplayer, do it. Don't think like, okay, uh, the Quest 1, it must be shitty because there's a Quest 2. No, it actually does have some advantages over the Quest 2. And now that you're watching or listening to this podcast, now you know. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So um, Quest 1 refurbished in the States for only $199. Pretty cool deal, I think. And uh, yeah, worth to talk about. Anything more for this topic, or should we go to the next topic now? Uh, yeah, just to say, like with the OLED versus LCD thing, it's a funny one because, you know, like the Reverb G2, I love it so much. Even I had a new, I had a phone uh, long, uh, long ago, and I've changed it now to an OLED screen. Even that, you don't notice the difference until you've got it, something to compare it to. Right. And I, I was actually got them back to back. I thought, oh my god, there's a massive difference there. And you do. It's something that you don't realize you miss until. You experience it again, and for that reason, I really miss my CV1. And if the if the owner is out there who I sold it to, I'll have it back <laughs> off you. You know, I'll pay the same price. I, I miss it, but for that reason, just to be able to just tr experience that OLED screen again, I would I would have kept it just for that. So I think yeah, Anthony's got it. You know, you've got it right there with, you know, keeping both headsets because they are they cater for different games, and it's a good idea to keep both if you can. Definitely. Yeah. If you were in the states now for hundred ninety nine dollars, you could get a OLED Quest One. <laughs> but we're yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Good. Good. Very nice. All right. Let's go to the next topic. This is only going to be a short topic. So, Manus or Manus, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Manus announces a Steam VR tracker for professional creators. And the pre-orders are now open. So, we all know the HTC Vive tracker, which is fantastic to do full body tracking and to track some objects that you edit to, right? And this is really good. It's a bit expensive, but this one is now made by Manus. It's made for their um, gloves. They have these VR gloves and these, these trackers are designed to perfectly fit those gloves, but you can also attach them to anything else. Now, these are even more expensive than the original trackers from HTC. They are going to set you back 300 euros. <laughs> wow, that's, that's really expensive though. 300 euros. But they are not meant for us, for us normal consumers. They are meant for professionals who are going to use them for all kinds of tracking applications. And the interesting part about those trackers is actually that they come with... Um, exchangeable batteries. So if you have to work with these for a whole workday for eight or nine or 10 hours, then you can do so because after four and a half hours, when the battery is flat, you can simply exchange them and can directly go again without having to wait for recharging them. And I think in my opinion, this is the big, the big selling point for those because they are made for professionals who might want to use them longer than four and a half hours, right? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think oh, that's yeah. the number one differential that it has, pretty much. Exactly, right. 
And um, other than that, it's also a bit um, lighter, 62 grams or 44% lighter than the 89 gram Vive Tracker. Right. But there's competition. There's also going to be another tracker, the Tundra Tracker. And this is also um, lighter than the original Vive Tracker and also cheaper than the original Vive Tracker. And the Kickstarter is going to start, I believe, in March, I think it is. So quite soon there's going to be um, the Tundra Tracker Kickstarter. We're going to follow it here on the channel, of course, and going to keep you updated. Um, is that something that's interesting to you, Anthony, like the whole tracker thing? Have you ever tried a tracker? No, I haven't. And um, the whole thing, okay, I'm actually disappointed with this because going all the way back to 2016, when we first got these VR headsets and we first got Steam VR and the lighthouses and all that, I remember a long time ago, Valve actually had this like training thing that you could go to. You had to pay a lot of money and you had to fly to Bellevue, Washington. And it, it wasn't for individual people, it was for actual companies. And it was a training thing to learn how to use Steam VR uh, to put Steam VR trackers on various products. And the idea was, I remember when we heard about this, this is a long time ago, when we heard about this, we thought, oh, when this is over, and then all these companies go back to wherever they're from and they start building these things that have steam trackers on them. Oh, my God, we're going to have tennis rackets that, that are going to have steam trackers on the exactly. handle. We're exactly. going to have, you know, a baseball yes. bat handle. We're going to have all we're going to have little guns and things. We're going to have all kind. we're going to have trackers all over the place. We're going to have keyboards with trackers, mice with trackers. And so there was this thought that. We're going to have things all over our room that might have track, maybe dog collars and cat collars with trackers. The, the possibilities were endless, right? And then none of that really happened. And in all this time, all we ever got was the original Vive tracker and people that want to um, be in VR chat and stuff and they want to do the full body thing, they have to pay a tremendous amount of money. They have to jump through a lot of different hoops. I'm kind of surprised that we haven't had uh, somebody come up with like a Microsoft Connect style external sensor that is just looking at the body externally. Um, people have like hacked connects to be able to do that in kind of a half-assed sort of a way. But I'm kind of wondering why nobody ever tried to do that. But of course, we're eventually going to get to this level now. One VR headset is already talking about it. Full body tracking with down-facing cameras that are right. going to be like doing skeletal reconstruction based off your upper body and kind of uh, maybe seeing your feet as well. And here's my ultimate dream. So somebody recently had a, um, a thread on the Oculus subreddit where they're talking about what are the really big things you want from next-gen VR? And I said, field of view and full body tracking. But here's what I want with the full body tracking. I want these cameras, these down-facing cameras that are tracking you to actually film your body and use some sort of advanced green screening technology without the green screen, this ability to like green screen the human body without having a green screen. And then so not only is your physical body coming into VR, but the actual shirt that you happen to be wearing right now and is you coming can, to VR. And you can finally be naked in VR. And really exactly. be naked. It's wonderful. <laughs> no, but you're finally virtual VR. sex. Yes. Oh, no. oh my god. You always yes. go back to that. You yeah, I know. I know. No. 
I'm a naughty uh, guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the dream that I want for like bringing our bodies into VR. So like having all these like different tracking things, it see all these trackers require power. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had like some little sticky tape that we can just put on stuff and it would track things? You know, if it was like a passive tracker that didn't need to be actively powered. And you would think now that we have inside out tracking, like this is going to be possible for any standalone headset. You could have little IRQ code stickers that you put on things. You put it on your right. keyboard, you put it on your mouse and a, a an Oculus headset that has like, you know, tracking. I love should the be idea. You know, I love the idea, and it seems so possible, especially with inside out tracking, right? To just have these little markers that you stick to things. I think it's interesting because, yeah. like, for the casual gamer who just uses motion controllers in a, in a first person shooter, it probably wouldn't be so important. But for like for flight simulation and for racing, like I, I would love to be able to see my yoke and my trim wheel and my hotas and my keyboard and my pedals and oh my god, all this stuff that you have. And see it all in VR and be able to, you know, uh, and your t shirt, right? Your t shirt, <laughs> yeah, of all things, yeah, definitely. I even say actually, sitting sitting in the cockpit and seeing my hands actually, because you in DCS, uh, it's great you, when you're flying the F 18 or something and you can see the mirror, you can actually see yourself moving and you can I'll go, oh wow, I can actually see my head, and that's obviously just the animation, but to actually do it in real time. That would actually be, I think, if we could do it like Anthony suggested, that would be another incredible like VR first. Uh, you know, that moment when you, you're in VR for the first time, it'd be like that again. Oh, it, it would be incredible. So yeah, sorry, I'm just I, yeah. that, I would be all up for that. That would yeah. be very exciting indeed. Wow, Anthony, <laughs> I, I love the idea so much with your trackers now. If you if you think about it, really, you you just have to put like one of these uh, markers on your keyboard and then in the software probably uh, that keyboard maker uh, they could provide that kind of um, files or yeah or simply to let the software know how it looks like this keyboard here for example and then it would be in VR boom it should be so simple or for uh, for the yokes the the yoke developer they could also provide this file that you upload to your VR headset and then you just simply stick that marker on it and then you see it in your quest or it's it's genius because it's yeah. not many well the thing is yeah. cool. i mean one little one little aspect though is i mean facebook has live maps right and qualcomm has scene recognition like all these things are coming apple has lidar so they are going to see your room and they are going to put everything and they are going to track everything the thing is that might be like three or four years so i think like this little sticker idea could be a great little in between until we get to the live maps future where it really knows everything i love the idea and i'm just wondering the people, the, the Quest developers, do they actually have access to those cameras? Could they actually? I don't think so. Probably not, right? And that would be good. If they had access, they could, still, they could just do it, right? These kind of things. Yeah, if only there was a Quest competitor coming from China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, perfect. Ah, the perfect. next topic. <laughs> no, actually, no, it's not the next topic. But we're going to talk about this in this show for sure. Yeah, right. Cool. Very interesting. So the Manus trackers for 300 euros made for professionals and with exchangeable battery. That should be the interesting selling point for professionals. All right. Now let's go 
to our next topic here. And let me share my screen here to show you the Road to VR article. So JVC to launch a 120-degree FOV XR headset for Enterprise next month. So the interesting thing about this headset, first of all, 120 degrees horizontally, that is way more than the, the 90 degrees horizontally that we do get from our quests and so on and so forth. So that is already better. Then also, what's interesting about this headset, it's a Steam VR headset, so you can play all the Steam VR content with it. But on top of that, this device actually is not made for us consumers, it's made for enterprise. And the interesting selling point is that the displays, you don't see them like you would normally see a VR display. So actually what you're looking at is some translucent thing, something that you have with the Unreal, for example. So the, the technology is very similar to that bird bath technology where actually displays are being reflected by that translucent display. So you can still see your environment, but like virtual things can be projected into it. And uh, why is that so? Well, if we look, if we have a quick look here at, at the new video from them, let me just show that to you. Here is JVC, wow. I haven't heard from that brand in a long time. Like I just know them from, from car radios when I was younger, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, how it is for you guys, but um, JVC. Yeah, my my dad has a uh, a JVC stereo. He's had it twenty years and it's okay. still working. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> right. So so right now, for all the people who are listening to this podcast, we're looking at the trailer of this JVC headset. And first of all, we're going to see that wow, hundred and twenty. Uh, <laughs> Degrees FOV, bigger. And now it has 2,560 times 1,440 pixels per eye as a resolution. That is actually not bad. It's also not incredibly high. There are other headsets which have a higher um, resolution, but it's pretty good. It's already pretty good. And but they are spreading it over that bigger area. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's true. But um, they say that you actually cannot see screen door effect. And I could believe it because that's actually the same resolution like the Pimax 5K Plus. And there I do see screen door effect, but it's like over the huge FOV. And here they only do 120 degrees. So 120 degrees is still okay. It's not like super huge, right? So I think it could happen. Now, now we see the, the, the interesting part here. So, for example, if you are sitting in a motion, in a in some kind of sim rig uh, with, with, your, with your steering wheel, you could still see that steering wheel in real, but everything on top, right? Like the, the road and stuff, they could simply project into your vision. Now you see it, now you see it on the screen. So that is pretty cool. Also actually everything that you see in the car, like the gauges and stuff, they can also project onto that real world and therefore give you some cool experience. Not bad, That's right? It's great for a BMW dealership, right? <laughs> they put you in the so you you got yeah, the right. real you're in the real exactly. car, but you're right. seeing yourself driving in the Alps. Exactly. So so oh, that's kind of yeah, that's very cool. That's, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. It's pretty. So is cool. it AR and VR? Obviously, basically, it's the first yeah. Headset really that's combining the two basically. so seamlessly. Basically, is, you're right. That's quite a you know that's that's a big selling point, definitely. Right, right. So it's it's quite interesting and. No, it's not for us, right? But if you if you 
probably are that sim fan that pays any kind of amount to just get like like the perfect rig, and you do There's have a lot out there. <laughs> and, and you do have probably this um, perfect simulation with a yoke and everything looks like in the in the real airplane, and then you have this. Probably it could be good, but the software, of course, it must perfectly work together with your setup, and I, I believe that's not going to happen. So yeah, it's it has to be specially designed. Yeah, has to be specially designed. Right. So they also didn't talk about the pricing yet, since this is not meant for us, but for enterprises. And for enterprises, basically, they're going to have different kind of pricing depending on how many you buy and all these kind of things. So unfortunately, we don't have so much more information about it. So I simply want to ask you now, Anthony, in general, what do you think about this idea of having this bird bath technology in a VR headset where you can see the reality still? But then you do have some virtual things on top of it. Yeah, it's super. It's it's very interesting how they're not using an actual pass through with cameras. Right. So they're 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 allowing you to have this like direct view, and then they're just putting the VR where they want to put it over the the direct view. So I mean, it sounds it's it's a very interesting concept. I don't. So how are they actually, how are you seeing the real world? Is it like clear, transparent, and exactly. then they're just, they're shooting the VR where they need it to be? Right. Interesting. So, weird. So you're, it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it could be useful, again, for flight simming and racing fans. Obviously, when you, you know, you, there's so many key, key binds and bindings that you can't, you know, all use with your controllers. So you have to keep looking at your keyboard. So you, unless it's, it could be a bit distracting and, a bit immersion breaking in one respect. Yeah, I think, it, I think, but you know what? For training, like if you got like certain machinery and stuff that you're training people how to use or anything like that, I see this very much in the commercial market. Like this is not for like gaming and stuff. Yeah. But of it's course. a cool concept. It's a cool concept. However, I still don't quite get any everything because somehow the headset must also be aware of your surroundings, right? If you if you if you have that that real wheel for example, and then you make some movements, so the software still would have to know where is the wheel, and I don't see any kind of cameras on that headset, right? So so that somehow it doesn't make perfect sense to me, <laughs> this whole thing. So everything would have to work through through software where the software kind of understands. Okay, um, yeah. I don't, this is the, the, the wheel. I'm not exactly sure how that would work. <laughs> I'm a bit confused a, right now. This is static. Maybe you have to just, calibrate it to yeah, like whatever right. the background is that could and be. then it just kind of assumes where the background is and hopefully tries to maintain it. But right. yeah, I don't know. That's a bit strange. What excites me though is it's JVC. <laughs> yeah. You know, their, their, their quality is incredible. I mean, you know, whether they've changed throughout the year. So I just find it, you know, we get, we're hearing this a lot at the moment. Like, you know, it's just for commercial, just for enterprise, just just for the, you know, high end market of, you know, uh, construction. JVC or whatever. Kenwood. Like, what's yeah. what's next? Is Iowa going to come out with their own VR headset? <laughs> they're like all, all, these they're all kind of stepping their toes companies. in, aren't they, by bringing out this really expensive VR headset that's only, you know, and, and you're putting in the sim market in there because they know, us simmers, we'll pay the top dollar for the right experience. They know right. that, and that's why they're putting it in there. Uh, but they're also, you know, just treading the water here, and it's, I know it. I feel, I feel like it's it's a good thing for PC VR in general, really. Um, 
and hopefully if this is success, successful in some response whether it's their own markets or companies that are going to be you know trying this out i think it'll only be good for the consumer uh, that they're right. actually dipping their toes into this so. right and Alexander Grober, hi, in the chat says that the tracking is done with Steam VR lighthouses. Yes, I understand the tracking of the VR headset is done with the lighthouses. But what I was thinking about now, how is the tracking done of the real other things like the cockpit, for example, that stuff is being projected on, these kind of things. There I was wondering how would the tracking work because there are no outside cameras. So, so that was my, my concern here with this device. Anyways, that's really a good um, topic now for the next topic. I mean, uh, about this inside-out um, tracking. Because now the next topic is the links. And let me share my screen again. This is the links. The links are one. Okay, now actually it doesn't really show uh, the headset itself. But the links... The Lynx R1 is a standalone headset that is actually being made in France. And this headset, it has inside out tracking and it has like very amazing mixed reality. So that's the important part about this Lynx mixed reality headset. And today we saw the first through the lens videos and now I'm going to show you these through the lens videos and it's actually very very amazing if you see those videos let me show them to you now so now you can see it so this is pass through this is color pass through beautiful color pass through and if you look at this video it it nearly seems like it is just an AR headset the pass through looks so convincing to me and um, yeah, wow, cool, right? That, that, yeah, that, that's what we've been wanting for a while, actually. And that's, that's what we want in the Quest, Quest 3 or Quest 4, yeah, don't we, exactly. really, let's be honest. Right. Like, this kind of technology is fantastic. And this headset, it's a standalone headset. It does not need any kind of computer. It's supposed to cost $1,500. And yeah, it has the XR2 chipset in it. And it should compete with something like the HoloLens too, actually, honestly speaking. So this is also not for us consumers. This is also for enterprise. And just think about it. This is basically exactly what Apple wants to do if those reports are true, right? To give you some kind of headset where you have cameras and which can give you this kind of pass-through that it could easily compete with the likes of HoloLens, but with a wider field of view and, yeah, with no problems with occlusion here because the virtual objects can perfectly occlude, of course, because everything is just pass-through, right? And just think about it. This device costs $1,500. It's being made by a French startup. It has two cameras. Now think about what Apple can do with a dozen cameras and an 8K display. Pretty convincing, right? That this is a great concept. He was breaking up for me there a bit, Seb. I don't know if it was the same for anyone else, so it might be my internet, but uh, just, just uh, I have you it might have been me. Yep. Yeah, um, we had a little problem there. I noticed how they're using GoPro cameras in the back of it on, on the screen there. Uh, yeah, but, what only, I'm looking at. but only to, to capture this, to capture this yeah. through the lens footage. 
Oh, gotcha. Sorry, yeah, I'm gonna say I'll put. But you know, do that myself. You know, the coolest thing about this headset is actually the weird way that they do the lenses and the eye tracking. Like that's the weirdest thing about this entire headset. Like when we first heard that this thing was fifteen hundred dollars, like when when people first heard of that a long time ago. We thought, oh, the XR2 chip is a really expensive chip. And then we thought that, oh, there's no way like other things are going to have the XR2 chip because it must be too expensive. And then, of course, when the Quest 2, all that stuff happened, we're like, oh, I guess XR2 isn't that expensive. So what really is expensive is this crazy system that they're doing with like these four different views that are merged together so that they can have the eye tracking camera right in the precise center of the lens area to get perfect eye tracking, which, I mean, they're going above and beyond the call of duty to get that perfect (laughs) eye tracking. And what I'm curious about is like, is the benefits of that really ginormous? Because, oh, my God, are they jumping through some serious hoops just to get that camera positioned right there? Totally, totally agree to that. So that is really a very interesting thing to think about. So just as you said, it has eye tracking. And the camera for that eye tracking is really in the lens. It is directly built into the lens. And in order to hide it, it has the, the the lens has some some very interesting strange prism shape, and yeah, uh, wow, crazy. that is that is that is truly crazy. So yeah, I think you asked exactly the right question. Is it worth it <laughs> for for this? Because I had this interview with um, the head of XR at Toby, the eye tracking company, and they can do eye tracking, really good eye tracking for very for very. Um, uh, for for headsets which look like like normal glasses, and you don't have to hide the the camera in the lens itself. You can, you can have the the you can have it somewhere on the side the cameras, and it also works. So that is really the big question: Is it worth it for them to make these these lenses? And actually, if you if we now go back again, and now with that knowledge that there is something hidden in that. In that lens, if we now look at the through the lens footage again, now we can actually see here that there is something going on here in the in the center in the center of the the picture. We can tell it's a bit darker. I'm not sure if you see it here, but I can see it very clearly here now. But if you look here at the very center, yeah, it's a bit a darker. Yeah, I see a circle. It's a circle, but I'm just wondering if that's the actual like other camera reflecting. You know, the the other thing too is when you're looking at this pass through. There's kind of like a almost like a cloudy fog a little bit. Yeah. But I wonder, is that just like because you're filming it from the outside and it's like glare and stuff? So like yeah. when you actually have it on. But I mean, we haven't seen pass through look this good. And we want to get eventually to this like future point where you put on a VR headset and it's almost like other than the weight of the VR headset, you don't know that you have a VR headset on because you're just seeing real reality all around you nice and clean. Exactly. This is, yeah, it's it's basically a line in the sand. Once this sort of technology is out there, or anything very similar, we're going to go. Remember those days when we used yeah, to uh, yeah. pass through, and it was all fuzzy, and it looked really like 1980s, and it was awful. And yeah, we just laugh about it because it's that much of a bigger leap. And we've got, you know, it's it's exciting actually. I don't know whether you can tell by that footage, but I just think whether there's a sweet spot at all. But it looks really sharp. Um, it, it looks, so, it looks super the, sharp. 
whether that's yeah um even when you're, i'm looking more at the edges of the display and it, it looks really good actually um quite sharp through the entire range really but it's hard to tell with that but it, it does look impressive it does it looks fantastic and i can just say so if if the the links developers are watching this video right now i would love to check out your headset yeah i'm not so far away here in dortmund germany you're in paris so that's very doable. I would totally check this out and show it on my channel. So that would be something that I would love to do. So um, yeah, I think I think that's truly that's truly so exciting. These kind of headsets which have these kind of this kind of pass through. And again, I want to stress again, this is going to be friggin' amazing once it comes from Apple. Just think about it. This kind of technology with an 8K display with with more than a dozen cameras, the pass through is probably going to be perfect. Even this pass-through of this startup company with two cameras, it looks so convincing now through the lens, right? And we, do, we don't even have the 3D effect that you would also have by, having, by wearing the headset, right? So this is, this is going to be a 3D picture, and I believe this is going to be amazing. I have already seen some, some mixed reality um, experiments that Alexander here, who's in the chat, who has shown me that. He's, he's like an engineer who does amazing things just like this. And I think Alexander is going to be pretty amazed about this headset, right, Alexander? Please do let me know if you want to get the Lynx R1 or if you are more waiting for the Apple VR headset that probably also has amazing pass-through. So, wow. Exciting stuff. Exciting I think I'll stuff go with a headset made by a trillion dollar company. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> I think I might do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but even this, it looks so good now. And for thousand five hundred dollars, it is it's available pretty soon. I think that might be pretty interesting for lots of companies right now who are now using the HoloLens. But this has, I'm sure, it can look better than the HoloLens too. So yeah. But who knows? Probably it doesn't have the great hand tracking of the HoloLens too and stuff. Would love to know. I would also have hand tracking, says Alexander. Okay, cool. So that should be a pretty exciting headset. So this, that, yeah, that is. Sorry, go on. I was just no. thinking out loud there. Yeah, no, please do. Has the sorry. Ultra Leap, I think, right? Ultra Leap for the hand tracking. I'm not sure what it actually has. Just it, a lot of these headsets, if they have this huge feature, there has to be a standardized thing where there has to be really good tracking and really good sort of comfort and you know, all the other stuff that we, you know, we should expect to happen now. And uh, I think uh, like even a headset like this with the incredible pass-through technology, you know, is it is it at least on par with all the other headsets, you know, for everything else that we need from it as well? Because otherwise, right. you know, a bit like the reverb, really. You know, it's the amazing resolution, but the you know, control is a, uh, you know, we need to have that standard where we at least have sort of touch controllers with, you know, sort of like the Rift S controllers or whatever, or the Quest 2, and then we move on from it and then have all these other features on top, you know. Agreed. I think there needs, there needs to be a sort of bench, well, yeah, just a standardized Yeah, a benchmark, thing. a standardized yeah. level, yeah. Totally we agree. haven't reached that yet. I don't think a base, a baseline, a ba a hardware I, baseline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so really, really interesting developments, and wow, we will have lots of topics in the future for the show for sure. So now let's go to the next topic here, and the next topic here is the following. We're going to talk about this here. I'm sharing it now. So. 
Epic Games is working on the so-called meta-human creator. And that is what the thumbnail of today's show is all about. Because that Asian lady that you saw there, she's not a real human. She's an avatar created by this meta-human creator. And this meta-human creator by Epic Games is not live yet, but honestly... You will, we will have it very soon. You can already sign up for the beta. And this is going to be a web-based app. And we can make like incredibly real-looking human avatars with it. And the great thing, these avatars, they are already fully ready for animation and motion capture in less than an hour. And that is actually truly fantastic because even if we have headsets that do face tracking, like the Gear wants to do that, right? It would mean nothing if we didn't have the avatars who could use that, the data points, and show that in virtual reality. And that is normally the complicated part, to have avatars which can really show these emotions that are being captured by something like the Decker Gear or any other future headset or the HP Reverb Omnisap, which also has this kind of face tracking, right? And this is the big deal. First of all, these avatars can be made in less than an hour. And secondly, they are ready for this motion capturing. They are ready to really show your emotions and your facial expressions in VR. And before we talk about it, or while we talk about it, let me also show you that new trailer of that meta-human creator. It's, wow, it's breathtaking. It is truly, truly incredible. So have a look at my screen right now. I'm sharing it, yes. I could be one of many. So now, wow, look at this. Look at this, look at this guy. This is an avatar. You can see, like, all the imperfections of the face, of the skin. It's truly, truly amazing. And to think about... Look at this. Oh, to think about that you can make these kind of avatars within an hour, and they're ready to be deployed to any... Um, to any application that uses the the Unreal Engine, wow, unbelievable. Just think about some some VR chat or something, or, or some social VR app that could simply use these avatars. It's a game changer, don't you think? I could see this uh, working, say, if I'm flying with a friend or something and seeing him sat there yeah. and his actual, you know, looking exactly, like, that would be really exciting actually that'd be really cool yeah it's it's, it's funny because this technology in a way has been around for a while and you know it's, it's, it's good it's it's this we need more of this because you know i mean i downloaded something off my phone the other day that i was able to uh, like manipulate my face and everything and it kind of looked really scarily real and then i put it on like this silly dance thing and it was you know going crazy and stuff and i did that with my dog and stuff and it's just like and it sounds crazy but that kind of technology is already there but for it to get to this next level, this is what we need, really. It's, yeah, very cool. Fantastic. What do you think, Anthony? I think it looks really... I mean, I have a lot of different thoughts about this. One thing I'm thinking is I'm seeing these individual people, right, where they're zooming in on their face and they're showing their emotions and everything, but behind them it's just a completely static backdrop. So I want to see these people, like, take that person out of there, put it into a detailed environment. Like, what is the actual 
geometrical cost of how many triangles you're using to create. Like if, if, if it doesn't take a lot of horsepower and you're telling me that when I play Fallout 5, every character is going to look like these characters, that'll be incredible. I, I would love to see that. But that would require that Bethesda um, is going to use Unreal. And so most developers are using Unity. Right. So you have to use Unreal to use this. But there's a lot of cool things about this. One crazy thing you could do with this, Sebastian, yeah. do you know that you could get this technology and work it out in such a way where you create one of these characters and you could do your YouTube shows You're as right. some <laughs> artificial character. And you could you you do the voice recording and the facial movements and it'll automatically be translated and you can be a synthetic YouTube character. Yeah, that's going to you know about that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> but but honestly speaking, Anthony, that's happening already. There are yeah. already like like shows which are completely done with avatars with with VR chat avatars, and they, they are very successful, right? So this is happening already, and this is just going to go to the next level. Absolutely, there is going to be shows who are going to use these avatars. And uh, yeah, good point. What people were saying in the chat, and what Tony just said as well, is is the cost. This is gonna, right. you know, is your is your graphics card gonna melt when you're playing Fallout Five and you meet five or six different characters all with these incredible, you know, facial uh, sort of features? It's just, it, it, you know, I can imagine it. It'd be it'd be well optimized, but we have seen this sort of thing before in games. It's out there already, but yeah. to this level, um, Guys, I, I think I'm it's a... more going to be about for for conference calls and for sort of more like meeting people socially first. Do you think rather Guys, than gaming? I. I... I, this is this will also be in games, of course. And I must say, I'm really not so concerned about horsepower like you guys are, because I understand that the horsepower is not going to be in our places. The horsepower is going to come from the cloud. Really, guys, it's like oh, I'm, all, I'm always yeah. I'm Here the guy <laughs> I'm always the guy who's saying that. But you know what? I'm actually living this right now because. I'm using Google Stadia for my 2D gaming pleasure. Yeah, and really, I can, you yeah, are. I am. I do. I, I do use it, and it's working so well here in my place. So I'm playing games. I'm playing those games in like super high in, in the best graphics settings on my iPad. Yeah, which I have strapped to my to my bed actually with this some kind of holder. So I'm like <laughs> in my bed and I'm playing with the Stadia controller and I'm having the best graphics possible on my iPad and also on my Chromebook, which by itself it doesn't have any kind of graphics power, but I can play all these games with high settings, right? And I don't feel the latency. It's perfect. So guys, don't worry about the computing You're power. in Germany, though. Your internet is like a million times no. better than ours. <laughs> no, 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 no. Our internet here in Germany is not great. I'm, oh, I'm, really? I'm happy that I, that I have quite a fast one. But in general, uh, your internet in the States is definitely better, and in the UK for sure also. So don't worry about the cost. You're not going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to pay for something like Stadia or some kind of service where the cloud serves you that. So, yeah. But it's right on point, isn't it? Obviously, with the... It's the biometric year of the VR headset, you know, with the Omni set, but obviously in terms of more sort of uh, consumer level, even like maybe the Quest 2 or Quest 3 rather, could have, well, will have facial recognition or some description, right. surely. It's, it's the next big thing. So it, it's right on point. It's right on cue for something. And even if the graphics are dumbed down in terms of the textures of the skin, you'd still look like you and you'd still, you know, behave and move 
like you would in real life. So I suppose it would still be an incredible, you know, uh, experience to see it, even if it wasn't completely, you know, uh, using every single texture your computer can handle or whatever. What's the best human you've seen in VR where it's like you've got a human that is standing right by you and you're like, damn, this looks like a real dude and he's standing right there. Like, have, have, is there something question. that comes to mind? Wow. That's a very good question. That I'll think a really about good that question. One. Medal of Honor that we recently played, there's a guy that's like standing in front of you and his blonde hair looked really good. He was right there. <laughs> but it was like from behind. I wasn't yeah. really looking at his face. Medal of Honor I think, Medal of, is nice, but it's very cartoony-ish. Yeah. Right? Right? So that's a great question. Crisis Somebody in the chat, please tell be. us. I, I, obviously, it's not a VR game, but the Crisis yeah, yeah. series, when that first came out, and I think it was, what's his name? Psycho, when you're in that massive... Uh, transport a plane when you kind of no crisis is it crisis two or crisis you know one? what the that was best amazing. i i just figured it out the best <laughs> vr human so far is Where? probably the guy in blood and truth oh, your blood fbi truth agent guy that's like leaning on the table and He's stuff good, that yes. dude almost looks like a real human man that good that that game is great and i really and need that's to... playstation vr too you're right <laughs> i should check it out again mm -hmm. on my playstation 5 because on the playstation 5 blood and truth is supposed to look even better because they're rendering in 4k and then nice. like like dumping it down again to 1080p so wow i must check it out again but yeah. you know what we really want, guys, though? It's like, yeah, we want these amazing-looking characters that look really realistic, but what we really want... Like, I remember dreaming about, like, what is VR going to be like? And I and this was before I even received my HTC Vive, and I had never tried VR before. And for some reason, I had it in my head that I was going to be playing these games and characters would be talking to me and they'd be looking at me. And, like, when I turn away, they'd be like, hey... Look at me when I'm talking to you. I, I for some and reason, I thought we yeah. were going to get stuff like that. I don't know why I was thinking it was going to be so future flung, but I thought VR was going to be like, yeah, they're going to know where your head is. They're going to know where you're looking. So characters Sinister will be in, does that. You know? Oh, yeah, you know? it does. Yeah, I've been loads of times where I haven't been listening, and I'm like, uh -huh. oh, I'm going to go over here now. and oh, oh, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, oh, actually, he noticed that I'd moved. Not, you know, it's obviously very simple technology, but in, it's not, you know, quite like what you're describing. But yeah, it, it would be cool. Anything to add to the immersion, really, for that kind of thing. It's... Well, the singularity is only 15 years away, right? So I guess we should have some pretty good AI things happening in video games pretty soon, right? I mean, that's what they like. All, all these right. future things are supposed to be happening so fast. So, okay, give us a little bit of AI for our video game characters. Exactly. They will. And it's something that's been missing from video games for a long time. Actually, ca the ca you know characters and AI. It's something that's always fallen down on, on the wayside. Even like in Medal of Honor, and some of the AI and, and just the, the characters just look weird. They look cartoony. You're right, and it, it, it falls. Uh -huh. The game falls down on it. So do you do you guys remember there was a? Uh, it was at an E3. No, it was like a Microsoft Xbox uh, big E3 thing. And Peter Molyneux had this like digital character called Milo, this little boy. Right. And it was like with right. the connect and he and you like threw yeah, something that. to him and he would catch it. And and it's like, well, whatever happens to these things? And then also um, Magic Leap had some kind of digital character that was exactly. kind of like Milo. And it was like talking to you and interviewing you. And it's like we always get these little bits and snippets of this stuff. Yeah. 
But it's like, can I jump into a time machine and go 10 years into the future and actually see what this stuff is really like? Because it's kind of teasing. But I think now we don't have to wait so long because this creator is coming out in this year and we can all sign up for the beta right now. And well, there can be VR games that use that engine, right? There's, there's games that use this engine, of course. Not everybody's using Unity. Some are also using Unreal. So that is not so far away, Anthony. And I'm just thinking that really together with the HP Omnisept or any headset which does this kind of facial tracking, how amazing must it be to be in a virtual social world where we meet each other and we do look like we look and even our facial expressions are perfectly tracked. It must feel so real because even now when I meet people in VR for VR uh, discussions or for work or for, for virtual meetings and I do that, Using Spatial, for example, you've probably watched my my interview with Spatial. That already feels so good. And the the avatars are still like far away from what we saw there, you know, with that meta-human creator. So I'm just imagining this kind of software, these VR meeting softwares, using that kind of technology with a headset that can track your facial movements. It's going to be just like the real thing. It's just going to be like the real thing, but with all the additional cool things that you can do in VR. Oh my goodness. It, it needs right? to happen. It needs to, I, I was in, um, it was actually a HP, um, uh, what do you call it thing. Um, they invited me to show off the reverb and it was an amazing thing. Uh, and I was talking to all these people and it was like a little audience and stuff. And it's funny how your brain kind of like, it fills in the gaps. So when you're talking to someone, you just got this static face. You kind of almost see their expressions and the way they're moving and things, you kind of fill in the blanks, you know. So it, it, it actually, to be in it to a point where you could actually just interact as you would normally, uh, yeah, that again, that's going to be an, like the uh, body tracking that we were just on about. That would be another huge uh, sort of groundbreaking thing that once you've experienced it, you just think there's no way I could go back. So yeah, uh, let's let's get on with it and, and see it. I, I want I want to see it now. I want to be I want to experience right. it now. <laughs> right, exciting. I think it's going to happen quite soon. So wow, I'm so so cool, so excited about this. And uh, yeah, that's exactly my my kind of thing that I'm looking forward to. Cool, cool. So now let's get to our last topic for today. Cheers, um, Steve. You're lucky. You yes, have another sorry, one there. I don't have. Out. You're so lucky. <laughs> I ran out here. How's it possible? I'm yeah, yeah. Do it for this time because it was a really bad head on it for the first time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's talk about our last topic for today, and that last topic actually that is the Qiu3. It's a Chinese headset, a Chinese headset that is basically the Quest 2 of China, and this headset was announced earlier this year. In, uh, in Beijing, and this headset is going to come out in the second quarter of this year on the Chinese market. And this headset is a standalone headset. It has, just like the Quest, four cameras. It has two controllers, which are also tracked in six degrees of freedom. Those controllers, by the way, look exactly <laughs> like the Quest 1 controllers, if it wasn't for the different color scheme. But other than that, they are very, very similar. 
And um, yeah, basically this is the quest two for China. In China, as you know, Facebook is not allowed, is banned, and therefore the Quest 2 and the Quest 1 are not a thing. You cannot buy those headsets. But China does have an ecosystem of quite a few other VR headsets that we don't know about here in the West. Like they have Pico, they have Deepon, they have this ITE, this is uh, the manufacturer of this headset, and many others. So it's, it's pretty interesting that they have headsets that we have never heard about. And this TU3 is supposed to be better than the Quest 2, technically, in basically nearly everything. So, for example, it also has the XR2 chipset, but according to their presentation that I talked about in my video, this has a better cooling mechanism than the Quest 2. And they say, like, okay, for the Quest 2, the XR2 chipset is never being used at its full potential, but they can because they have a better cooling mechanism. Then for the, for the displays, this has the Reverb G2 displays. So 2160 oh. times 2160 pixels per eye, two displays, unlike the Quest 2, so there's real IPD adjustment, right? With, um, it goes from 58 millimeters till 72 millimeters. So that would be something that Anthony would be super happy about to have, real, <laughs> to have a real IPD adjustment. And together with that super high resolution of the Reverb G2 displays, that is pretty interesting. And overall, it seems like it should be able to play all of the Quest games, technically, right? not automatically, but, but it would be easy to port it over to the system. And also even for the Steam VR games and the Vive Port Infinity, for the Vive Port games, that's, that's what they have um, said. Uh, in one article, it's kind of eluded. It, it seems like you could easily do that, like port it all over. So now what they're doing right now they are starting a program called the Columbus Pro Project and they want all of the developers that are now developing for Quest or any kind of VR game, they want to email them, and you can get the email address if you watch my video, and tell them about your VR game and if they think it's cool and if you are already on Steam VR or in the Quest, then for sure they will like it and then they're going to send you the Qiu3, this headset, for free so that you can develop on it. Yeah, what do you guys think about this headset? I suppose it's the answer <laughs> to the Facebook issue, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> or maybe man. not. Yeah, the problem is, well, <laughs> hmm, China or Facebook? Which one do you trust more? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... Hmm. Both of them well, are watching you. Yeah, exactly. Of course, content as well. I mean, what? obviously, it needs to have a platform. I know, I know you probably can play Quest 2 content, just like a Revo could play Oculus content with, the, with Revive software, but really it needs its own ecosystem of some degree, eventually, surely. It will, it will most probably have. So perhaps it could have like the some, some Viveport store, because Viveport is pretty big in China, right? Since uh, HEC is from Taiwan and they're also on the Chinese market, so that might be something that could be on the system. Or they have their is it running Android console. on it? I believe it is. Yeah. I believe it is. So it shouldn't be a problem then. Oh yeah, I that'd think be good, developers yeah. will be able to port Quest games. See, the thing is, right now, if you make a game for Quest, you spend all this time designing a game for Quest, and then Oculus doesn't even allow you on the on the official store. So you just wasted like a year of development. You have no 
recourse. You have no option. There's no alternative. And so if we start to get some of these knockoff Quest competitors that are at least up to the Quest standard so the developer could spend maybe a week or so porting it over and then it can be on this platform as well. Why not? You know, I really think that's you. you you're um, talking about something that could absolutely happen. Just like you said, probably some developers don't make it to the Quest store, right? Then they simply try to put it on this store. And the Chinese market is just so huge. It's just so many people. And I believe that this device, if it's priced right, we don't know yet about the price, that this is going to sell like frigging Chinese hotcakes <laughs> in China, <laughs> right? Because they don't how, have the quest how much, how much pi piracy goes on in China, though? Like if you oh, were, probably like let's a say lot. you're Servios, <laughs> I know. So let's say you're Servios, right? And you want to put like Sprint Vector or something on this thing. And so that it could be on these stores in China where do people like do people really buy things in China? Like, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Like, yeah, there's a yeah, billion no, I people know. over there. I, I, I get it. So I do believe that there are some Chinese people who who, who buy something and, <laughs> and who don't just copy it. That's for sure. Right. So so they, they it's also convenience. you got to make <laughs> yeah. it convenient and then they'll do it. Right. Right. First of all, this. But in, in China, they have so many people that even if you don't um, sell it, but you run it with some kind of advertisement model, it can be like very, very good. You can sure. like, like earn lots of money with this kind of um, for free model, freemium model in China, because there's so many people who are going to watch your content or whatever. So who knows? This might also be something that... I guess for me, I'm work. trying to work out what is, is there something there that makes me think I'd rather buy that over a Quest 2? And for me... Personally, there wouldn't be uh, just uh, this, this if, headset here. Yeah, yeah. Just I feel like you know if I if I was in the market for and I was looking at this, but you're thinking, getting higher resolution. So here's it's the not thing. that much. Uh, yeah, it is high resolution, but really, even and I'm a reverb G2, uh, you know, fanatic as you know. But I don't, that <laughs> yeah. that's not enough for me to uh, to uh, you know that that doesn't excite me that much because the, the Quest Two already has a fantastic display anyway. I think it's enough. Anyway, well, no Facebook. I mean, Wi-Fi yeah. six. Maybe, oh, maybe exactly. virtual desktop would work even better with this. Yeah, and one more thing that yeah, uh, that's a good point. One more thing that I didn't mention just now. Also, what what they said in their in their presentation about this headset, it has a bigger FOV than the Quest two. So and if it's the same panels as a reverb, it's not going to be yeah. hugely different. Yeah, is it? but because of right. the Quest Two, the way it has those setup, the, those exactly. specific IPD exactly. locations, it effectively. So the thing is, like the Quest Two has whatever resolution it has, but like the Quest Two might actually have a twenty-one sixty by twenty-one sixty screen. But the reason you get this weird oddball resolution is because part of that area is not viewable because when you're moving it to those three separate sections, part of the screen is not viewable. It has to make an adjustment every time. But right. the thing that the thing that's cool about this though, you got legit IPD from fifty-eight to seventy-two millimeters, right. which is a nice range. You got two individual screens, which is usually a little bit better. Um, and it's 2160 by 2160. It's got the XR2. I mean, the real question is, will this be able to work with like virtual desk? This could be the new virtual desktop 
device. You know what I mean? But but see, the Quest Two is two hundred and ninety nine dollars, man. So cheap, and isn't it? What is so, this yeah. going to be in Chinese money if you were trying to import it over? No idea. No idea. And I think importing it over probably is not the best of ideas. You're not sure if the games will work. Can you get all the games and stuff? So I think it's tough with the whole importing thing. But who knows? But probably if you were, if you can if play you're your using Steam it games, just for PC only, you're right. though. You're right. Only PC. You're right. That could be interesting. That could be really interesting. Why if, would you buy that just to play PC games, eh? If it's a standalone. Because it's got Wi-Fi 6. It's right. 2160 by 20. It might be the cheapest 2160 by 2160 headset well, available anywhere. Right. If it has great um, Steam oh, VR, I wish, I wish streaming. it had OLED screen. That that, that would be it. Yeah. I'd be sold. <laughs> but but the Reverb G2 um, screens, they have great colors. They do. But having said that, that's because of HP, isn't it? And their their R and D work. It's, the screens themselves. I mean, it's it could be the same as a G1. It could have mirror. Could, it could have. Yeah, all you're sorts right. Of right. We have to find out really how good these displays really are. I wonder but, if it's the same manufacturer for all these twenty-one sixty by twenty-one sixty. Could be. <laughs> could 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 very well be. Could absolutely be. be. Could be like um, JD or this Japan. JDI Japan. Or exactly. So this could actually be. And you're right, Anthony. If this device could really do absolutely great Steam VR um, streaming, this might be something to import if it really works as well, right? So, so it's it's cool to see that something is out there, but you know I really hope that HTC, <laughs> yeah HTC, all hopes on you, that they <laughs> would come out with something like this for the Western market, for the States, for Europe, and really have a Quest competitor out there, which will not force us to log in with friggin' Facebook. That is what I'm really hoping for, and really they they must. They must launch a standalone headset. I really, I'm sorry, Steve, believe that the PC <laughs> VR headset to bring out to to launch another PC VR headset, this is it's just missing the moment. It's just missing where where VR is heading headed towards, and that is what the Quest is offering. It's there, there's no question about it. the Quest is selling like hotcakes for a reason. It is amazing that we don't need a computer that's so accessible and that everything is on that device. But if we want, we can still have Steam VR streaming. It's perfect. This is really what where it's at. And if somebody is bringing out just a PC VR headset, it is a bit boring. And I can totally understand that Facebook is going to rule us. <laughs> the VR. No. Yes. No. They will. Have a beer, Seb. Have a have a beer. You yeah, and it's over. Point. The beer is already <laughs> drunken out here. It's uh -huh. terrible. So it is. It is like this. No, it, it really is like this. So in my opinion, HTC must come out with something like this. And the the thing is here. It's here. It's, it seems to be totally finished already. So so why wouldn't they do some kind of partnership where HTC just says, you know what? Let me market this thing to the West. Let me market exactly this headset. Probably they can choose different colors. Call it the HTC Focus Plus or Focus 2, and that's it. But why it. can't Lenovo or somebody like that do it, maybe? Yeah, they could do it too, but you know, they need the platform, but HTC has a platform. They have Viveport. Yeah. They have it. They have already games for it, and they could just easily convince um, developers to put their games onto it, or they have already convinced them, you know, they have already convinced so many developers to put their games onto Viveport and Viveport Infinity. So it wouldn't be so complicated to make this, this kind of store all the games that could work on this device 
simply make a mobile version that, that's now working on that store and there we, we would have it. Boom, there would be the quest to competitor. What do you think I, of my, I, about my idea? I think next year we're going to get, hopefully, a Reeve of G3, perhaps by then. Maybe even some rumors, maybe, or something solid of a Valve Index 2. I don't know. I think next year possibly might be the, the resurgence of the PC-based VR headset. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be completely <laughs> Steve, wrong. Steve, it's not going to happen. Well, Valve Index 2 is next year, man. It's all good. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. A <laughs> uh, base pilot in your chat is talking about this uh, this chi Chinese headset saying, does it have display port? Man, that would have been know. great yes. if it did that. Because oh, think right, about it, right. that's one of the big uh, fundamental failures of this uh, of the Quest Two totally. that it doesn't have that direct link. You know, right? Why did right. I, I, can't I didn't think of that. That's actually the number one thing that would make me buy it now, literally. Right. Because right. yeah, because because otherwise you have to use the Wi-Fi six with like virtual desktop. Because how else are you connecting this to your PC? You know. Yeah. Because exactly. they they don't have link. As far as we know, yeah, probably they they could also have something like the the link cable. They could also do the same thing, just like Facebook. Who knows? Anyways, Paradise Decay, hi PD. He says HTC are still pushing Cosmos. Have you not seen their latest ad? I didn't see their latest <laughs> ad. That's true. Really? But they um, they are also working on something else, right? So Elvin Wang Grelin, the HTC uh, boss of China. He has dropped some hints that this year something is coming out from HTC and boy, hopefully it's a standalone headset. That is really my big hope that they are building that competitor for the Quest and the Quest 2. Do you think it's going to happen? I'm kind of torn. In some ways, it, yeah, I want it to happen in a sense because we don't want the Quest 2 to dominate everything like it is at the moment. But at the same time, as a PC VR nerd, I, I'd love them to come out with something, you know, interesting. So we can have a standalone headset and a PC-based headset in one device. It won't. It yeah. wouldn't be that difficult. That's what we need. That would be great, and I would uh, like love it. And that's also what I hope the Index Two is going to be, or the Reverb G3, something that is somehow wirelessly wireless. But if you want, you can still connect it to the to the Steam VR. That would be great. Oh, my goodness. We need that. We absolutely need that. Yeah, so now I would like to ask uh, the people here in the chat who are watching this live right now, do you think HTC is going to come out with a standalone headset that is going to rival the Quest 2 in this year? Please say yes, all in capital letters, if you think so, and please say no, also in capital letters with exclamation mark if you don't think so. So I would just like to get an idea if people think that HTC is going to come out with something that could rival the Quest 2 and this monopoly that is building here right now in virtual reality for Facebook here right now. The yeah. problem, of course, the, the problem with that question is the money, you know, the price. Yeah, like course. how do they, they can't do what Facebook is doing here. So so if HTC came out with a standalone headset that could do that, it would have to be in China pretty much where Facebook can't compete in China, right? Could be, could be. Wow, so Lots many people no, saying no. It. Wow, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> Sovereign <laughs> brand, no with exclamation mark, just exactly as I hoped for it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it seems like most people don't believe it's going to happen. 
So most people then think it's going to be either PC VR or it's going to be this like kind of two-in-one headset where it's a cool sunglass style headset that you would plug into your to your phone, for example, some some viewer or something. Because HTC did already show some kind of um, like prototypes for this for this two-in-one headset, and yeah, that would be interesting. Anyways, I hope for HTC just to pick something up like the Qi. Three, <laughs> like this this headset, yeah, it rolls off the tongue, and um, I'm gonna attempt to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Chew. Yeah, yeah, that's, that sounded pretty well. Yeah, right. That's, that sounded pretty great. Yeah, right. So, seems like most of our viewers don't believe that this is going to happen. Well, let's see. Right now, before we end our today's show number 10 already, yes, show number 10, it is up to you to tell us what is more value, which one to get, the $199 Quest 1 refurbished one or the $299 Quest 2. Please do leave your vote down in the down in the description of this video, there's the link, and I want you guys now to join the discussion and to tell us, what do you think? Which one is more value? Is it the $199 refurbished Quest 1 with that beautiful OLED display, the beautiful OLED colors, the two displays with the perfect IPD adjustment, right? Or and no need to log in with your Facebook account if you already have an Oculus account. Or is it the shiny, not totally brand new Quest <laughs> 2 for $300, which will make you super happy with that extra two chipset that until now has not really been used yet. So do leave your vote. Please vote now. Is, <laughs> is it the Quest uh, two or is Quest it Quest One coronavirus version? <laughs> or is it the refurbished Quest One? Do let us know, and you can still leave your uh, you can still uh, vote for one more minute <laughs> before I'm going to let you know what is the result of today's poll. Yeah, guys, we absolutely need a Quest Two competitor, and when when it comes out, the Quest Three is going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it would push things on a bit actually it would it would kind of push facebook whatever they're sitting on to be a little bit more proactive although as i say i don't want them to release a quest 3 yet anyway i think that would be really aggressive yeah <clears throat> but i think in 2022 the quest 3 is going to come out for sure that's Next what year. me and tatiana said i think yeah I mean, you said the year after I'm sure you did. I can't remember now. <laughs> no, no, I believe it's going to come out in 2022. No, no, we said this year. Sorry, we said this yeah. year. You said last year. That's because right. someone else within Facebook, uh, the guy, um, what's his name? The guy that does their software now, he took over the job from Jason Rubin, Mike Verdu. Mike mm. Verdu was saying he recently made a comment about like, like phones coming out every year. And he basically right, right. said, you know, VR headsets. So yeah, it's 2020, 2022 is like locked in stone for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So now let's have a look at the results. What do you guys think? So let me go there not now here. Oh yes, that is that is very that's a clear clear result. So, which one to get? The $199 refurbished Quest 1 or the $299 Quest 2? 14 
0.3% say the Quest 1 in refurbished is $199 and 85.7% say, ah, come on, just get the new Quest 2 and get it over with. Yeah. Don't worry yeah, about with, Facebook yeah. login. Just get it. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> that's what that's what our audience thinks. Great. I still think the Quest One is great value. So if you are if you if if this hundred dollars is a great deal for you, I say go for it. It's a fantastic headset, and you. I think they're not really missing out so much things, right now. Right, right now, no, they're not missing out yeah, so for, much. For me, I'm quite disappointed that at the moment I've got a Quest Two. I'm waiting for that big Quest Two game, and I know it's yeah, coming, right. but it's just I'm feeling a little bit impatient at the moment. I totally get <laughs> it. I totally, I totally get it. I totally get it. Anyways, that's it again for the Next Dimension podcast. Wow, episode 10. I'm really happy that we made it so far. And we're going to make it much further, of course. So glad that people enjoy this show so much. And um, yeah, thanks to all of you who are watching it. Of course, thanks to you guys to be on the show here with me. It's a blast every single week. So if you're watching this live right now, or if you're watching this later, now is the great time to make some noise for the algorithm. We need those thumbs up right now. And please also do leave a comment down in the comment section. This absolutely helps with the algorithm. So more people will find that this podcast is really a very, very good podcast that you should watch or listen to. And also, if you are very close to your iPhone or iPad, get it now and look for the podcast app because then you can simply look for the Next Dimension podcast and give us a five-star review. Just give it to us and let the world now know how much you love the Next Dimension podcast so more people are going to find us and, yeah, we're going to become friggin' famous here. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that would be so amazing. And that's it. That's everything we got for episode number 10 of the Next Dimension podcast. We look forward to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.